What is going on, everybody? It's just Jimmy Lennon here today on another podcast talking about sports. This one we're talking about within the NBA. Um, <laughs> within, I guess we could say the span of the last couple of days, there have been some shockers. Um, and then, of course, pretty much all the teams besides the Suns, who I pretty much blew out the Nuggets, are pretty much, you know, of course, of course, of this day... On Sunday, they're going to be pretty much playing against a team that happened to have won between the Jazz and the Clippers game. And so, but the rest of the teams pretty much had to play up to a game seven, back and forth. And that said team that's going against the Suns is the Clippers. Um, and again, Jazz, they were number one seed. Um, but the Clippers came in there and prevailed pretty much of a score of 131 to 119 that Friday when they beat them. They won it at home. You can kind of say at least it didn't go, um, you know, that far in because I thought at first I thought the Jazz was actually going to beat them. But also the Clippers, they didn't really have Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard had a knee sprain. And so without him, it pretty much had to come to the point where Paul George had to pretty much step up to the game and pretty much be like, you know, hey, he had to go ahead and show out. You know, he had to pull up and see why he was called playoff P. <laughs> so, but um, with the help of a lot of the players, with Marcus Morris Sr. and even with Terrence Main, um, he came in there and delivered. I mean, this man came in there with 39 points, right? So... That was huge, and that's helped a lot. Of course, with Rick Jackson and Patrick Beverly coming in there as well, you know, there was a lot of help that was going along the way for the Clippers to go ahead and defeat the Jazz. Now, what does this mean for the Jazz? Um, it's one of those things that had to go back to the drawing board and see what they can pretty much improve. Because, again, this team literally first seed. It's not the first time I've seen a first seed lose in the semis. The Bucks. <laughs> so, um, but it wasn't like it was a blowout game. It was both of them going back and forth. And um, then the Clippers had a lot of talent, but they also had to make sure they secured the win because if they didn't secure the win at home, there was a guaranteed shot they were going to probably lose at Utah. Period. So um, they came in there and was like, nah, we're going to finish and wrap it up in a bow. So. Um, so, but the Jazz had a phenomenal season, though, within that team and organization. So, as for, <laughs> oh, God, I don't think I was prepared for this one, but, uh, the Bucks and the Nets game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as of Saturday, um, it was a very, let me tell you, it was a dogfight of a game between those two teams, and... To the point that it pretty much went into overtime. Um, yeah, I mean, literally towards, especially towards the end of the game, it was like nail biting back and forth. You know, Brooke Lopez passing the ball there, pretty much at like like one second of like the shot clock, which pretty much had a turnover that which gave it to the Nets. And so with the Nets, they were able to go ahead and try to pull off a because technically the Bucks were ahead a little bit, and so the Bucks. That the Nets needed either a two-pointer to tie the game or a three-pointer to win it, and it was only but less than ten seconds that was on the court on the on the clock at least. 
And if anybody who had to give the ball to was Kevin Durant. And so Kevin Durant came in there, <laughs> pulled up, and made a outside shot and made it and banked it in. And I went nuts. Everybody in the house went nuts. The whole stadium went nuts. <laughs> but the unfortunate part was that his foot was on the line. And of course, you wouldn't have known that from a set distance if you maybe had zoomed in. Sure. Of course, of course, that's what they did after they replayed it. I was like, ah. And I know you fell for Kevin. You fell for everybody that was in that stadium because it was just like, yo, if he, if that was a three-point shot, because once he made that shot, there was only one second, exactly one second on the clock. Do you honestly think that the Bucks had enough time to maybe pass and catch and shoot? <laughs> nope. But having, and he, of course, he didn't know. And he thought he had enough space anyway, too. And, you know, as a scorer, like Kevin Durant, it was like, oh, man. He won it by one point. But instead, that instead and tied it, which was fine because, hey, rather tied it than, you know, missed it and or didn't tie it and they would have lost early. So they went into overtime. So, you know, they were leading a little bit when they had a shot and, you know, for a good couple minutes, no one was really making any baskets and whatnot. And eventually um, the Bucks started coming in with some shots, fouled and getting some free throws in there as well. And the Nets couldn't seem to get any shots in there. And even when it came down once again to the wire, gave it to Kevin Durant. He tried to make a shot and unfortunately he airballed it from the three point line and he didn't make it in there. And I was like, oh, man, that's game. <laughs> That, that's really that was game I mean the Bucks literally had those couple points that was ahead and even though still too even towards the end of the game you know I guess it was like a foul or something like that and so Brooke Lopez was trying to shoot the shots and he still made them and then you know that was it and the Bucks won it at the Nets because the Bucks it was 15, 115 to 111 was the score so they came in there and that's exactly what happened and I was, it was interesting. It was, it was interesting. Uh, but I was bummed. <laughs> I was bummed. I was like, yo, the Nets, they were right there. But having said all that, I know the Nets really kind of were dealing with some, you know, injuries and whatnot. Between James Harden coming back in there, even from the last game as well, and Kyrie was out. Probably if all three of them, you know, of course we can always say this all day long. Probably if they all three were there. This would have been a different story. I mean, because we obviously saw from the beginning part of the series how much that changed versus towards the end. But the Bucks ended up coming in and prevailed. I give them credit because, you know, the Bucks do have a solid defense, too. That's one thing the Nets need to pick up. And players that are on that team, like I said, Joe Harris, that man disappointed me throughout this entire series. I, I mean it. Sure, he was able to make some threes, but some key ones that he needed, he didn't make them. And that was the frustrating part about that. He was your other three-point shooter. Even before everybody else started coming over to the Nets, that was your primary three-point primary sh- three shooter. The one that also won a three-point contest a couple years ago. You know what I'm saying? Didn't show up. <laughs> Didn't show up. The many times I gave him the ball, I saw nothing but bricks. I mean, solid bricks. Solid bricks. So many bricks that you could build a house with it, basically. And it was just so bad. Because I was just like, yo, he wasn't really doing anything for us for that. And I said, yes, I said us, even though I'm a Knicks fan still. I would still support the Nets because, you know, it's in New York. It's Brooklyn. 
you know um i don't know where deandre jordan was at i don't know if he was injured i don't know what happened but this man didn't show up either so there might be some changes maybe not they might keep the same team who knows i mean some some players especially are either on a one-year contract or probably at the brick of the end of their contract so it depends on who they will still keep and sign or trade or get rid of to give more cap space or just trade in general for some players that can help them go a little bit further into there as well um because again james harris does recover from that fully he still played a little bit but not to his you know his normal self and then you got you still you still got Kyrie who still needs to recover from that injury from that foot injury so it was uh it was a bitter moment but you know Gave it to the Bucks, considering the fact that the Bucks left early last year in the playoffs. Not as early, you know, as like the Heat did this year. <laughs> but, you know, the Bucks, you know, they prevailed. So now they're gonna be waiting against the game today between the 76ers and the Hawks. Yeah. So and considering the fact that the 76ers won it over at the Hawks and they playing it at home. This should be very interesting to say, at least. And again, the Hawks, just like the Jazz, because the Hawks, I don't think there was a lot of injuries as much. Because every six or seven injuries, the Bucks, I I know Giannis has some kind of slight like foot problem. <clears throat> and, you know, same, but a lot of teams have been having injuries and everything like that, too, as well. But see, the Hawks, they have a lot of shooting. And, and that's obvious compared to the 76ers, who have players, star players in there, who can barely shoot, and even some that can barely rebound, especially some play a couple players that are like defensive players in there that should be doing just that, you know, and they can't even do that. So, um, you know, the 76ers have to be very explosive going in there. They cannot let the net, the, excuse me, that's the Hawks go in there and start shooting a bunch of threes. You have to trap Trey Young, you got to trap a lot of the shooters. I mean, I think Bondanovich, I think, was on that team, I believe, and he shoots a lot of threes. And you got you just can't you just can't leave them with a lot of wide open space, period. Or else they will be hurt because if they're scoring. Just 76 is sort of you know struggling with scoring, but you do not want them getting hot. All right, <laughs> all right. We're talking that last game for the 76ers and the Hawks was 104 to 99. That's still a close game. Still a close game. So anything can really happen between these two teams. It'd be very interesting the Hawks actually come out with this. As for the Hawks, as I just said, too, their biggest thing is shooting. What they got to do? Keep bringing out the offense. You know, keep stopping them in the paint as well, too, as well. They may not have a lot of size. They got a lot of speed. Got a lot of youth, young-wise, and shooting. And so they can use that to their advantage like that. So, um, who can I see coming out of between those two teams having said all this? A lot of that's right on the table is 76ers to me. And I say that because for two so many reasons. It's because of the fact that they're number one seed. And and I don't think I can't remember the last time they've been number one seeds in a while, in my opinion. And in terms, especially going into the Eastern Conference Finals, the last time I think was when Allen Iverson was playing <laughs> for the 76ers back in the day. With the cool black jerseys. Um or the hardware jerseys. I was looking like I don't know why they never bring those back. I'm like, yo, they gotta bring that. They gotta bring those jerseys back. Those, those jerseys were so cool. <laughs> but that there's a lot that's riding on the 76ers right now. Between that, they're the first, they're the number one seed. 
they're this close to getting into the Eastern Conference Finals. You have a coach like Doc Rivers, and there's a lot on his shoulders as well, too, as well, because as great as a coach Doc Rivers is, you check his records, you know, there's been a lot of times where they would choke at the worst possible times and will be leaving early. And they cannot afford to be doing that, too. You know what I'm saying? You know, the problem was for them to try to get out of the playoffs, and they couldn't just do that even when Brett Brown was there at the time, and that's why they got rid of him. All the talent that the 76ers have, it's insane. <laughs> you know, they shouldn't be struggling this bad for that reason. So I do expect them to try to come out of this. It won't be easy fight by all means, but there's a lot riding on this team. A lot. A lot. And, you know, of course, I know they got to go through the Bucks, but I can't remember the last time 76ers recently have been to that point. Right? So... You know, the Hawks, I mean, hey, I mean, the Hawks get in, that's cool, too, because, sheesh, the, <laughs> the Hawks haven't been there in a good while, a very long time. All right, so, you know, both teams can, you know, both set a record or something like that, especially for the Hawks, you know what I'm saying? It'd be very, very interesting um, going into there as well. As for the Clippers and the Suns, because technically those two t- um, teams – they play today. They play around 3.30. Um, from Clippers and the Suns, the Suns already got some rest. I know uh, Chris Paul is not playing in the first game, as well as, of course, Kawhi Leonard because he still has that knee sprain. But I know Chris Paul is because right now they're still dealing with the whole COVID protocol situation. So they're not having him play inside the first game right now. First game. Um, I don't know how much that would make a difference in terms between the two teams because keep in mind, the Suns, Sure, the Suns went undefeated inside the bubble, but even prior to that, they had players like Devin Booker, Deontay, Aiden. They had those players in there, and they couldn't really do anything with that. Chris Paul made a huge change into that organization. To make it this far, with the coach of Monty Williams as well, to make it this far, I I can't see Chris Paul not being in here, which I know he will be in the series, you know, but he's a key, key player into this series if you don't have him in there god forbid if he gets injured i don't know how far how fair the suns will go so but the suns are still very healthy there's still a lot of youth underneath them so you know what i'm saying so we have to see it and especially for the clippers we have to see how long they can ride it out because like i said before that everybody has to pretty much step up with that key players again paul george so you know since Kawhi Leonard is not there right now they gotta, they gotta do a lot of stepping up. So, yep. Mm-hmm. But the Suns, they already got a lot of rest after you know destroying the Nuggets. So we'll see what happens with today's game. Both games are pretty much being played today. Um, I believe the Hawks play uh, around eight. So, um, but that's on TNT. So you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens between those two teams. In other news outside of the playoffs as well, I know um, Kemba Walker is pretty much getting traded over to OKC, which is a very odd transition. I know the Celtics have been reconstruction every, doing a lot of reconstruction between Danny H retiring from the Celtics and you know having Brad Stevens going into the front office. Um, I don't know. There's. I don't know what was the decision making from that. I know besides getting some picks, um, 
but for him to go to OKC and let's face it, they ain't much over at OKC right now. I mean, a lot of your key players have all went to different teams. You don't have a Steve Adams. He's not there. So I don't know exactly what that means for Kemba Walker. Honestly, he can come to the Knicks. He, I just, just check this out, though. He can come to the Knicks, make some magic happen. Because I'm pretty sure he ain't going to have a good time over OKC. It is what it is, but come on now. You know you, you, know you want to come to the Knicks. But speaking of another player that could potentially come to the Knicks, I know I'm trying to sound as unbiased as possible, but I can't help it. It's the Knicks. But for the Knicks, I can see Zion Williamson. Um, reason why is because of the fact that there has been a lot of things that's been going on in terms of, you know, because I know uh, Jeff, Jeff Gundy, uh, excuse me, not Jeff, Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> both Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy's the broadcaster, both brothers. Um, but uh, Stan, he was let go from the Pelicans, only for them to, for only for him to be there for one year, right? even Avery Gentry, he was there a year with Zion, and he was gone. So, one-year coaches in Zion and all of them, they can't seem to kind of work something within the Pelicans, because the Pelicans, again, were not in the playoffs. So, I don't know what that means. Um, You know, I don't know if that means anything for Zion to maybe still stay there, if he's unhappy about what's going on in there. Which is cool, you know what I'm saying? That's all right, you know. And you know, you know, don't get me wrong. New Orleans is good for their cooking, you know what I'm saying? The partying and everything down there is fantastic. Um, you know, I would be, I'd be living the dream down there too. But let's be real. Zion wants to go to a team that had touched the playoffs, fourth seed, even though they we lost to the Hawks. That's all right, because we got potential. Potential. Pelicans never had potential. I'm sorry. They didn't. I mean, the way they've been playing this whole entire season, I don't know what they were doing. And it's crazy because they have players like Brandon Ingram that's in there. And they're still not able to go anywhere with that team. So I never understood it. But um, he can come over to the, to the Knicks, right? Because the play, you know, if as long as it doesn't hopefully pertain to any kind of trading, which most likely depends on the situation, um, especially if Zion waits until after his rookie contract ends. Um, <clears throat> uh, we have to see. We have to see for that. But, you know, could you imagine Zion, RJ Barrett, both teammates at Duke, make some magic happen? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. His real home. Should have been over the Knicks. We get him. Let me tell you. They all better fear the Knicks. (laughs) They better all fear the Knicks at this point. But there's going to be a lot of negotiation and a lot of, you know, movement going around with these players coming this offseason. And even with the Mavericks, I mean, geez, they've been doing a lot of reconstruction as well between the GMs and the coaching. Both of them are gone. And Luka's you know unhappy and the biggest thing is that you want to make sure that he's happy that is your star player all team all nba team right there and he's unhappy so you gotta make him happy got to make him happy or else he's not gonna be happy over at dallas they got something special going in there 
but they don't want to mess that whole up that whole chemistry up just from that so it's going to be interesting going into next year if not throughout this off season so um that's all i have right now in terms of any news within the nba right now as always thank you guys for listening you guys have a wonderful day and take care